Welcome, everybody, to the Awaken Sober Podcast, a podcast about life and recovery through Christ. A hodgepodge show for you today. Hodgepodge, I like that. Hodgepodge, hodgepodge show. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna. Growth is going to encompass all of it, but we're gonna talk a little bit about working in recovery and expectations versus reality. So nice reality. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> we we had a dose of that today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have. Anybody, anybody knows how to do all this, come and train us. Please. Yes, once Please. again, we are still looking for someone to work the switcher and the sound mixer for us. If you're out there, you like what you hear, come be a part of it and join us by working our sound. Or if here. you don't like what you hear, it exactly. can make it sound better. <laughs> and okay. not only sound better, just everything yeah, just, better. Because having me behind this board, like having to set it up and learn it all. The OCD of you is is it's shining through this has driven me nuts <laughs> i mean let me but, tell you like right now i forgot to do the switcher but you've you seen all the cuts from last week man it's easy for me to do right just go in and boom, 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 spend 15 hours doing it yeah yeah but we do really appreciate all you're doing for this so uh well today i got here late because of updates and then finally um whenever i got here what have we been an hour and a half no two hours now Mm-hmm. trying to fix some crap yeah. that I'm sure I boogered up somehow. It's all right. So with that, which one of you two want to tell us how are you? Hey, real quick, since we're filming, uh, yeah, you got it. <laughs> was my, my beard a little? It was something white dangling off your like styrofoam piece or something coming off. Your... It's on your pants now, bub. Oh, look, it's a piece of paper. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> I didn't want you to want to film the whole show with you having something on your face. He was hungry because it took so long to get started that he went and ate some paper. Uh, Derek, how was your week? How was your? It was was the first full week at uh, the new position, right? It was, and it was interesting, without a doubt. It's really, uh, I get it now where the URs were getting onto the um, therapists and the counselors about, hey, we needed more information if we're going to be able to get these people extended and stuff. Because now I had to get on there and nobody's giving me anything to work with. And I got to make it, not make everything up, but get it all in there and look, make it sound good and stuff to reach out to, to the insurances. And it's quite interesting, without a doubt. Four-day weekend, though, so I'm very proud. I ain't having that in a while. <laughs> it's nice. And that's why your old supervisor there did notes the way she did notes. Yeah. is because of that. So That's why I do the notes the way I do my notes, because of her. And because I sat in on a couple of those UR reviews, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah, it's uh, there's a little bit of sales to it. There but is. There's, there's also, you need good notes, but you also need to sell them on stuff. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's sad that you need sales in that kind of a position to save lives. We have to know how to sell to, mm-hmm. to the insurance company. So mm-hmm. It works, though. And, uh, I think that was one of the reasons I got the position because my uh, notes have started to get were like really improving. They're like four lines long and stuff as opposed to one-liners. <laughs> so, so I was about to say, is four lines pretty good? I was going to say, yeah, this should, it should have been consistently that much. I mean, at least. It will. But it's just the way that it, it's the way that it, yeah. the program is set up, so yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm writing paragraphs instead of just yes, quick sentences. Yeah, that's and that, good. So. That's good. Not bad. Considering I've never been shown how to do a note at that place ever. It's okay. That's a different, that's a totally different story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're like, hey, you got any notes? Nope. Sure don't. You need to show me how you want them done. Mm-hmm. So well, what do we have today for our people? 
working in recovery versus working recovery and expectations versus reality. Uh, I like it. Uh, yeah, that one's hitting home for me today. The expectations and reality? <laughs> yeah. So why don't we start there and make it to the other one? I was going to say, I'm I really mean, if you the, want the working, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't working have to in really. recovery myself. What's that? So I'm really hit with the working in recovery and working you recovery. You want to rock, paper, scissors for who goes first? Oh, you want to arm get, wrestle? You can't get both cameras on the same wrestle? time, or we would. <laughs> oh, you want to arm wrestle? Yeah. I've been working out, you know. <laughs> so what was it about working in recovery versus working recovery that that you wanted to? I just, I think one of the things we get to let people know out there, especially those who are working in recovery, but not truly working in recovery. I think my biggest issue was the people that celebrate recoveries that I had gone to, that they go and they, they're leaders in their, in their program, but they're not doing anything outside of their program to work on themselves. And it's like, I had to realize that when I was working in, in <clears throat> working celebrate recovery, I wasn't going nowhere else, no other meetings or anything like that. I think I was getting everything I needed that Thursday night while I was at work. I was wrong. Once I started going to another place and working there, it was it, things started working out better for me mentally and spiritually. So this isn't only getting paid. I mean, you could almost attribute this to any volunteer work. Yeah, yeah volunteer, no. but also, yeah, just for your home group even. Mm -hmm. So if you take it outside of Celebrate Recovery, take it over to AANA. Mm -hmm. If you're only going to your home group and you're doing the work there, you're, um, yeah, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I'll cut it later. There's just way too much for me to, to worry about after the morning that we've had so far, the, or the afternoon that we've the had. Afternoon now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so if you're if you're the chair for the month or something like that, and that's all you're doing. Yeah, you're not actually, I'm not just looking at the paid part, I'm, you know, just all together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I learned early on that I can't, have work be my recovery and i've seen people for those of us that work in recovery you see those people who use that as their recovery and it never goes well never never <laughs> yeah and so it's like okay you guys told me to take the suggestions i'll take the suggestions of doing something for my own recovery yeah instead of having because I, I love that we get to help alcoholics addicts you know and, and focus on the mental health part of everything but i can't i can't pour from an empty cup right right if I have nothing to give, then I have nothing to give. Yeah. Yeah, and you give from the overflow, so we don't even have to pour our cup because if we're out there getting filled up, then it's just overflowing out of us, right? And so it's not, and that's what I like. Um, I got a picture for Christina when she made something whenever she was going in to teach a class, and it was a cup that was literally just constant water coming in, and it was just flowing out, and then you had everybody filling up their cup. So you were filling everybody just from your overflow, never depleting yourself because you were always being filled as well. Mm. So I don't, I don't really like the saying, I can't pour from an empty cup. I get that, but why pour? We should give from the abundance because we're, that's what it's about, right? We can only keep what we have by giving it away. And so that's because we're filling ourselves so much that we're just overflowing with it and giving it to people. Amen. Yeah. Anything else? That's all I had on that one, particularly guys. That, Boy, that that was just it was. I mean, to me, that's a big thing. I mean, I had a sponsee who was throwing a. He was a leadership in his, in his position, and he's throwing a fit that you know oh, it just doesn't seem right. Something's going on, and what are you doing for you? Well, I, I'm here every you know every time I'm supposed to be. Yeah. What are you doing outside of that? You know, uh, 
Well, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Back to the, you got to go and get filled up. And so that where your cup is so filled, like you just shared, Shane, that it's overflowing on the others. And, yeah. and so, yeah, it's not about just out there, people working the money thing and stuff like that. But anybody who's in a leadership position, the best way, you know, in your recovery, work on yourself in order to work on others. Yeah. I think one of the things that we talked about at the beginning, um, whenever I first started at the church was, how do I separate work and recovery? And really it's easy. Mm -hmm. um, but you could consider almost everything work if you really want to, right? Um, but if you enjoy what you get to do, then you know that when you go to a meeting and you're just going there and really listening and paying attention, a lot less of this, running the mouth, mm -hmm. and a lot more listening, I loved it. I loved that opportunity. Well, that's just another thing, you know, and what we do, for what their jobs, how are we encouraging people to go into meetings and stuff like that if we're not doing it ourselves? Ooh. Uh-oh. You know, I mean, you might have just opened the door. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know you go to meetings. I'm just saying. No, yeah, no. No, I was just sitting here thinking, like, work is my calling. That's not my recovery. Right. Yes. And so I, I, I get the privilege and the, and, and the, I can't talk. Um, I get the privilege of working with, with people that I can empathize with and relate to, but I can't, I can't just do that to, for myself to stay sober. Does it help me? Yes. I, working with addicts and alcoholics every day absolutely reminds me of where I never want to go back to, but I can't rely that solely to, to fill me up because they're all new to recovery. I mean, most of them, even right. if they've, they've had a period of sobriety, 20 years of sobriety and you relapse and you come back in cause you need treatment because it's been really bad. I can learn something from you. Yes. But I need that, that quality you know, mentorship and sponsorship that says, Hey, look, this is, you know, what you're doing is not working because they can't call me out on my, my faults. Does that make sense? Yes, very much so. So how about the wedding? Think of a position at your, at your place, the wedding planner position. Would it be harder to separate like um, someone that's always in the field and going to pick people up and taking them to meetings and that's part of your gig? You get to check out at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. Mm -hmm. There's some positions in the treatment center world that don't get to check out really. They're on 24-7. Would it be harder to separate what you do versus working your recovery? Yes, uh, I, I think so. I, I think that's why it's so important to set those boundaries early. Like you have to do something for yourself. And, and you know, thank you for bringing that up. But we have we have staff that that live in the transitional living and help out. And it's like that's great. And we need you guys to do that as part of living for free. We need you guys to help out. But at the same time, you need to take that time and it needs to be daily, whether it's going for a little drive, whether it's going to a park, whether it's going to a coffee shop, whether it's going to a meeting, you know, taking time off and away from work to to recharge your batteries. You need to do that. That's very important. And I could say this, too, is and you know this, but like even though my 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 wife's not a clinician, she is literally on call all the time as a provider. Yeah. So, and, and I, probably worse than, yeah, than oh, the yeah. clinician oh, side. Oh, of absolutely. Course. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and so she's had to learn how to set boundaries for her own recovery because especially like on Thursdays when she's working, you know, a 12, 13 hour day, she doesn't want to go to her home group. 
And it's like, she's like, I need to go though, don't I? I'm like, yeah, you do. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. Well, at least she could receive that. Yeah. You know, um, but that's one of the hardest things. And I think that was the hardest thing for me when I started at the church was I'm always doing something for recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, was, it was a weird shift saying, okay, so what is my recovery? What is working for the church? How do I, how do I separate those? And then when I started all the volunteer opportunities, I'm like, do I really need to separate it or can I start making sure that I'm just getting filled up and I'm looking at it as I get to do this and if I'm at a meeting, I'm going to take in what I can mm-hmm. from that meeting. Ah, <laughs> I'm not worried about it. There's going to be times, buddy, I'm going to forget because I'm going to get caught up. I'll never forget when we were here smoking a cigar on your back deck and you came out like, I got something. Like he just got up. He's like, we were in mid-sentence and he just gets up and I don't even remember what we were talking about. And he comes back with a sign that says, I get to do this. And he just hands it to me. He's like, put this in your office. Uh, you know. And I was like, oh, yeah, I do get to do this, don't I? Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about something, and, and you were in a yeah, I was it, in you a, were in a little bit of a headspace. I was, yeah. I was not in a good place. So we need that reminder. I think we should just make them all for all of us anyway. Um, I don't care what you do for a living you have the opportunity and we get to do this. If, if you have that mindset with everything, boy, how, how much better life looks. But when I have to do this, when I have to do this, when I have to do this, I hear that. I hear that a lot, especially from new people new to recovery. I don't want to have to go to meetings every day. Why do these people go to meetings every single day? Well, did you drink every day? Yes. Did you use every day? Yes. And stop looking at it as I have to do this the rest of my life. That is, and you get to do this. Yeah, I, I get, get to, to go to it because I'm alive. <laughs> my, my drug or alcohol of choice did not kill me. Right. Man, thank goodness I'm alive. I get to see my family. I get to go to my in-laws. Mm-hmm. My in-laws are okay, so it don't bother me anyway. <laughs> my in-laws are pretty good. Yeah, so, so, so. You got anything else over there, D? And I was, you know, I had a thought in my head before you all kept talking, but. Uh, That's why you keep a pen and paper. Buddy. Yeah, I know. I should have wrote it down, but because I was thinking of. I feel a lot of conviction inside this whole, you know, working recovery and working recovery. Yeah. I mean, I can't, and I can't remember exactly where my head went on that one, but something had come up that I know I recognized the fact that I was failing in my recovery because I was not working my recovery, trying to do everybody else's thing. And especially back to when, like when my brother passed, I tried to save the family. I'm, you know, trying to work their recovery. I wasn't doing mine and, I was only doing what I thought I knew how to do and was wrong. I guess it's the oxygen mask. Mm-hmm. You got to put yours on first before you can help anybody yeah. else. Yeah. 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 You know, with me, uh, I had an Apple watch, a smartwatch for a long time and I was always connected. That might've been yeah, where you, you gave were. me the sign. Actually, that's, Probably. that's where you gave me the sign. <laughs> but I was always connected to work and, and in the position that I was in now, I was, I was the therapist and a house manager and I was getting stressed out because it's too much for, it was too much for me to do. And, um, not that it wasn't too much for me. I was just overwhelmed with everything. And so when you said, why don't you get rid of the watch? And I was like, I can't get rid of the watch. And I got rid of the watch and, and my happiness increased exponentially in like 72 hours. I was like, this is amazing. Because I didn't, I can finally separate what I was doing for a living and actually take that time to actually focus on my recovery. Because even when I was going to a meeting, my phone would ding or whatever, and I'd be looking at my watch and not even actually in the moment worried about that. There was not a time that didn't go by that you didn't look at the watch as soon as it went off. Mm-hmm. 
And I know another person. Yeah, I know. That, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know another person, because we'd, we'd be sitting in my office having a conversation, and he's looking at his wrist, and I'm like, is it, if it's more important, go ahead and step outside and take it. Because, and that, that was one of the hardest lessons I had to learn is I always had my phone with me, right? And so when I'm sitting in a meeting, I'm, I'm already in my next meeting, or I'm just waiting for my phone to go off so I can put someone in treatment or do what I can to go save a life. But I was never present in the moment. And so we have to be present. Mm -hmm. yep. And that was, one of the, that was one of the big lessons for me to learn is to be present. Because I was always at the next, I was always, so I was never in the moment. I was just always at the next best thing. <laughs> and never the next right thing. Yeah. <laughs> Had to give it to him, right? Do the next yes. right thing. Yes. <laughs> Here, the cliche sayings are cliche sayings because they were used and popular at one time. They make sense, but I just hate them because they make such good sense. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know, so I don't know what to, I don't know how to look at that other than that. I don't know. It kind of is a fun subject because there's a lot of people these days that are going, in, that are getting into recovery and then wanting to go into the treatment center world mm -hmm. or, you know, to be a CPS, a certified peer specialist here in Missouri. And I know they call them other things, other places, but. And if you're wanting to get into this line of work, if this is gonna become your vocation, make sure that you keep up with your recovery. Mm -hmm. um, I know we were worried about somebody taking um, a position at a treatment center because they would be on basically 24 seven. And so the question was, when's your meetings gonna come in? When's your downtime gonna come in? Because you're on call, there's no other person but you. And the last person in that position, it wore out. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have anybody to back you up and you don't have healthy boundaries put in place, you're going to be steamrolled. And the next thing you know, you're going to be checking yourself back in instead of somebody else. Mm -hmm. and I know an individual, they work in a recovery world. They are CPS. And at the same time, they work a celebrate recovery. And yet they're not going anywhere for themselves. It's like how, I mean, and you want to know why you stress all the time. I'm thinking because you're draining yourself out so much. You're not being poured into, back again to that subject, how you pouring out, man. And, you, and you're doing this, you're doing this, and you're back to this. You, yeah. That's when we're living on our own strength, not God's strength, right? right? That's when it's all about shame and less about God. And, I mean, even if you don't have a relationship with God, you – hopefully being in recovery, have a relationship with a higher power. Um, if you don't, you better get one. <laughs> but when we start making it about us, then things fall apart pretty easy. I'm getting to the point in my recovery where my home group is, is, has a lot of former clients. <laughs> or clients of, not even just my, myself, but a lot of former clients from our treatment center that we work at. And while I'm glad that they're there and they're doing well, I kind of feel this reservation about sharing because I can't share like I want to share because I was a therapist for them. So there's an ethical boundary there yep. that I can't cross. And it's like, okay, I'm glad you guys are doing this, but I feel a lot more um, kind of constricted in that, if that makes any sense. Oh, very much so. Um, because there's only so much as a clinician that you could share. Right. And this is separate from that but I would want to remove myself too. And is that what you're kind yeah, of alluding and, to? Is yeah, and that's what's crazy is I love, I mean, that, that, that's where I got sober. So that's like 
that's kind of my thing. And all those people, I love those people. Um, and the core group of home group members is they're just amazing, but it's not that I want to, I want to change that group, but it's like, I just can't, I might have to find something else. I think. So where else are you going for your meetings besides your home group on Saturdays? What other group do you like? There is a Thursday night meeting that I go to that's, uh, uh, it meets the same time that my wife's Al-Anon meeting meets. And it's like a bunch of, there was three birthdays one day and it was 98 years between the three birthdays. I bet. So I was like, was it in Wentzville? Uh, Darting Prairie. Oh. Yeah, the yeah. Presbyterian yeah. church down yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a bunch of old school and I mean, old school guys. So, and I just, I, I just love listening to them, you know? See that that's the kind of fun meeting you go to, you listen, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about speaking. You know, you, you just get to pick up all the, all the wisdom as you're there. And those are the most fun meetings. That's what I do at the meetings. I've been going to more AA meetings than that. Sit down, shut up and just listen. And I really feel great when I leave, you know, I don't, open up and say, I don't care who's in there. So, cause I'm not going to share anything for him in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, it's just my thing. I was about to give him some speaking of how's your new sponsee doing? <laughs> he was great last week, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you, you bragged about him last <laughs> he week. He was, and he was, he was good up until about Wednesday. Yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> and, and that's just, that's, that's the reality of this. Disease. The cunning, baffling, powerful part of this disease. And it's so heartbreaking. It is. It is. It is just heartbreaking. I, I can't stand it. I mean, have you heard from him at all, or is he just totally ghosting an MIA? Ghosting an MIA. Do you know where he lives? No. Uh, I was going to say, man, knocking on a door <laughs> is fun sometimes. Yeah. You know, go to their house, show up, and knock on the door because it's, I mean, could you imagine the three of us show up? I'd be scared, man. It's just we're all wearing black. I was, well, yeah, I'm already intimidating. And then the three of us show up. Yeah, you two guys. Yeah, that's. Yeah. yeah. Nobody has ever liked it when I've knocked on their door without being, if I wasn't invited to their I re- house. It's, I, re- I remember that one friend that we did that to, and he just, oh, he was, not, he was not happy. Yeah, people just don't know what to do. No. Yeah. Uh, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe like on, Bob the I, bounty I, hunter go chasing down people that's <laughs> an ASA. <laughs> any new sponsees just get their address. Say, hey, I, I need your address too. I may want to drop you off a package of cookies. Yeah. Send you an edible arrangement or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then we show up. How you doing? Not edibles, edible arrangements. That's what I said. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just making sure. Uh, yeah. That's sad that you have to. It is, it is pretty sad. It has got to be. <laughs> I didn't even think about it, Jeremy, when you, I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's true. Everywhere. I, I just, it drives me nuts. I mean, we pull out the street up here and it's like, it's got a drive through and it's. Yeah. Up there it's, on <laughs> it's just like, it's lined out yesterday. I drove by and there was a line getting into the place. I'm like, this is yeah, whatever. I mean, it, it's a holiday weekend, I guess. Well, here's a, never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast right we were talking about expectations versus reality Ooh, what about what about what about it (laughs) well that's we gotta we work through what is an expectation what reality is right so what is an expectation so expectations are what we think will happen while reality is what really transpires 
While we hope these two will match up, they often don't. They don't? They don't. What? That's, that's crazy, right? I mean, you ask yourself, what do you expect from a situation? Hmm. Right? Ask yourself, what, what do you expect? So you're going to a meeting. What do you expect to happen? What's really going to happen when you go to this meeting? Are you asking me? Yes. It's kind of what I'm doing. I'm looking right at you. I know. You're like, <laughs> what's going to happen? Uh, you're going to hear some stuff? Yes. But you're expecting to go in there and hear something that's going to change your life completely, right? It doesn't happen. That, that's the reality of a going to a meeting. Yeah. Yes. Right? So that's what, that's what we're looking at. The differences between what you expect and what really happens with you. And recovery, especially. What expectations did you have in when you first got sober? When I first got sober? Like, like what expectations do you have that were legit expectations and that were just nope never gonna happen so legit expectations like i expected to stay sober for the rest of my life oh when i got first got to recovery yeah the reality was that didn't happen <laughs> you know so what about you what why are you looking at me i had to just i just had deja vu here for a second <laughs> like it just that just really freaked me out i'm not gonna lie i feel like we've already done this um interviews well this is this is one that we haven't done yet uh i was just looking because i had to plug my mac up and do all kinds of things and i was just waiting to hear you say what kind of expectations you had i'm trying to think i i really went in with no expectations because i didn't know what to expect but did you expect like your family life to get back together that you were going to get back and get back into work like did you have those expectations when you first got in because you you weren't a pastor when you got sober. No, I was I was working. I was a mortgage. Um, I was a mortgage professional. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I mean I knew I was on short term disability that was going to go into long term disability most likely. Um, I I didn't really handle much of that because of where my head was at. My memory was gone, and that's why I was on short term disability anyway. And so my daughter handled all those things for me. I mean, all I had to do was go to treatment and soak it in and learn. So to me, I had a, a different recovery experience as far as going into treatment, doing IOP. And then when I got out, they set the proper expectations while I was in treatment. You know, they, they said, well, when you get out, here's what you need to do. You know, go to a meeting every day for the first 90 days at least. Find a sponsor, work some steps. They said, and when you leave here, go straight to a meeting. Don't go home first, go to a meeting yep. before you even go home. And so all those things that were said to me I ended up doing all those suggestions I ended up taking because I knew they knew better than I did. And so they set, they helped me set proper expectations. I was going to say, so were those, were those suggestions or expectations that they put on you? Cause you they, put, you put the expectations on yourself. I put the expectation on myself because they can't expect anything of me. Right. But they gave me the suggestions, So I'm like, well, if I do these things, I can make it. And so my expectations became, their, their suggestions became my expectations. Let me put it, let me say it that way. Mm. Well, it's those people that think they're going to go to a 26-day, 30-day program and expect life to be completely different when they get out. Mm. And it's, the reality is you're going to return right back to the same life if you're not working at it to change it while you're here. It's crazy for those that, that go into recovery or go to our treatment center. It's literally once you hit the highway and you leave the premises something weird happens to you 
It's like life smacks you literally in the face. It's like, and you know, where we work, it's in the middle of nowhere. I mean, we're surrounded by cornfields and bean fields. But as soon as you hit that highway and that freedom comes back to you, like, because you feel like you've been stuck for 18 days or 20 something days or 30 days. And so when you, when you get out there, it's like this whole, that, that, I guess, safety net that you had, you just left it back there. See, now I've had conversations with a lot of my clients about that as well, though. They feel like, well, yeah, we're in a bubble. We're in a safety bubble. You know, we can't be touched here. But once we get out there, what are we going to do? Go to meetings. Build your accountability team. You end up building up your own safety net that you have people there watching out for you. You got the same thing out in this world as you have inside this um, compound, we could call it. <laughs> Don't call it a con- That sounds awful. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's how they make us out the sound. It's prison, man. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's a heck of a prison. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, it's the Taj Mahal, right? <laughs> Easy killer. Easy. Um, it's just the structure inside of a treatment center, right? Mm-hmm. You're told when to get up. You're told when to eat. You're told when to do all these things. And you're not used to living for yourself anymore. And so preparing them for the outside world is part of your job is getting them ready to get back into reality. Hopefully, I mean, the problem, if nobody at home has gone to get themselves help, things are going to be the same when they go home. Mm -hmm. You know, the chaos is still there no matter what. And so the longer they can stay in a program, if we could get people away for a year-long program, um, really 13 months, do you know how much better off everybody would be? But, I mean... To get an insurance to approve 30 days nowadays. How hard is it, Derek? You've it's, been doing it. it well, I, it depends yeah. on what company you're with, that's for sure. But yeah, some company, I mean, it's hard to get 18 days out of some people. It's, well, it's hard yeah. to get more than 10 days out of some of these insurance companies, which is downright crazy. Yeah. In our clinical director, her and I were talking last week, and she was like, when she first got into the, 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 uh, the substance abuse arena for, for her, um, her job she's like insurance was like 180 days like that was that was unheard that was not unheard of like you went to treatment for 120 to 180 days that was it and she goes it's just slowly slowly like dwindled down to where i mean you know we have some insurance that are like well 17 days that's why, why do you need 17 days like do you want to keep paying for this person to keep coming back or see and that's the thing if if you'll put them in for a longer period of time the chances of them going back in the longer they stay, the chances of them going back get less and less, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I could pay for one long stay or I could pay for 50 little stays throughout the life yep. of this person. And then most likely because of that, now I have more hospital bills. I have more, I mean, because it, you're solely killing their body anyway. So now you, you have all these heart problems, liver problems, kidney problems, you name it. So, but I was told by a, a doctor one time, no matter what, insurance companies only want to pay for treatment, not treatments is something, not really a cure. So if there's, no. if there's a good chance of them, and, and we'll never be cured, but if there's a good chance of them having that, I, I don't know. I, I don't get why besides a money grab. Yeah. And it, it's, it's really heartbreaking with the, the price that we pay for insurance. Mm-hmm. But thank goodness there's some people out there that like to help pay for treatment for people yeah it, it, i mean it, the day is set up just like a regular like a day should be when you get out of treatment so you get up you eat breakfast 
take your medicine. You go to group and group goes from eight to noon. And then what would you do if you were out in the real world and had a job? Go to lunch. You would eat lunch. And then you come back from lunch and you go back to work for a few hours. And then you go home and you eat dinner. And then what do you do in the evening? Go to a meeting. And that's exactly how it's set up. And it's set up for that reason. But people don't realize that. They, oh, these are just rules. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, what structure did you have in your life? None they were using. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, I mean, that's honestly, truth, for yeah. a lot of them, they didn't have that structure. There, there's some of us that still maintain jobs the entire time. But there's a lot of people that they didn't have any structure at all. And so that we have to meet them where they're at. But it's up to us to also explain to them, hey, look. This is the structure that you need when you go home. You keep the same structure, but I don't know what that looks like for you guys. And go ahead, D. Structure when I go home, it's my life lives on structure now because if not, I'm afraid of what's going to happen. No, I meant, are you preparing? <laughs> like before you went to this new role, did you prepare people for when they went home? Yes, I. Thought, so back to like the expectation and reality thing we're talking about. One of my expectations was that I expected everybody who got out of there to go and start living a, a sober life, which as far as I had accepted reality, that's not always going to happen, you know. But, yeah, I gave every, you know, I gave them referrals to people to go and talk to outside of there. I gave them meeting places to go to and stuff like that, do everything I could to get them, get that relapse prevention plan set up so when they got out of here, they could, to start living that structured life. And then I brought it, bring up the job situation. All right, you get up and go to work, nine to five. That's what you do here. Mm -hmm. You can take a lunch at noon, just like you would on the outside world. This is, it's not about having a set of rules and regulations to hold you guys confined somewhere. We're teaching you guys the structure of life itself. Mm -hmm. Back to the whole sobriety is only five to 10% of your actual recovery. It's just not about being sober, but a full life recovery. You gotta get back on that structure, back on that lifestyle. That, you know, to live life as it is. A, a, a term came up this week a couple of times, and then I just started thinking about it yesterday on my way home. Uh, is there such thing as a functioning alcoholic or addict? No. Yeah. No. There, there's ones that show up to work. Oh, yeah. But their life is still, certain pieces, no matter what, are going to be unmanageable. Mm -hmm. I don't care how well you hold it together in front of people. Somewhere within that, that life is chaos. Somewhere in that life is unmanageability. Otherwise, you wouldn't have to worry. Hey, they'd never go into treatment mm -hmm. because they were good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that term. I was yeah. a functioning alcoholic. <laughs> no, you weren't. Because <laughs> well, I, I, people think that if they can hold down a job, they can pay their bills, that they, they're, they're functioning. And it's, but what are you doing? Why do you keep going to the bottle or to the, to the, to the dope every single time? What are you not working through? I don't want to deal with my past. Oh, I don't want to deal with that trauma. I don't want to deal with those are hard things but, to deal but you're with. Functioning, yeah, I am. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm breathing. Yeah, that's about, yeah. It's about as functional as you get. You're yeah. breathing. Yeah, it just I thought that myself, but I was a functioning addict. I got up, went to work every day. Worked a good, you know, eight hour day doing construction work. If I could do that and still get my buzz on, I I was good. Mm. No, I think it's really hard too for the the people that not, not that they, everybody struggles with substance abuse, but especially people that are addicted to, to stimulants, methamphetamine, because they typically they're like, I work, I work, 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 work. You know, and it's mm -hmm. like, yeah. So it's, you don't have a problem working. I'm sure you could probably work for ten people 
But, <laughs> that's not healthy. That's not how you're supposed to do this. Right. You know? Yeah, but then they get caught in that psychosis. Yeah. You, yeah. Because eventually it comes back to haunt you, but that psychosis is... Scary. I'm, I'm helping a gentleman out right now, um, and I think he's finally maybe coming out of that, that brain fog a little bit, that mm -hmm. psychosis, because um, he texted me and he goes, hey, I want to come to your meeting on Tuesday um, just to say thank you for all the hard work you guys have done for, for me around my house. And I'm like, buddy, that's not the reason you need to come, but just, just come. Mm -hmm. I don't care. We'll, we'll try to talk you into staying. We'll, we'll love on you enough until you want to love on you. But yeah, it's because uh, this Tuesday is pickleball, so I won't be at that one. I'm going to try to get him out at first assembly with us okay. to come hang on Friday. I think that'd be good. Try to get him out there to play some pickleball with us on Tuesday. Yeah. You should come up and get your butt whooped. I'm sorry. I work till late. Since when do you work late? I work late every day now. Ugh. Last week, I don't get off till 830. That's Ooh. the problem with going to Kirkhood. No. But I don't go in till 10 o'clock. No. I'm actually okay with that. My wife works for around the same hours, so we're good. Oh, I don't have kids at the house. I got to care about. I mean, well, I, you do right now. Well, yeah, I got your son. <laughs> you, you got a 13 year old over at your house at the moment. I'm just saying, I don't have other. You know, I could work those hours and get away with it yeah, I got right you. now. Gotcha. Um, expectations. I I heard it said a long time ago, and it totally applied to me. Was the two killers of any alcoholic is expectations and excuses, and when I looked back on like my relapses, it was, I, I it started off slow. It was, oh, Conley's got a baseball practice tonight. I, I'm going to miss this meeting because I need to get him to practice. And so I miss it one week. And then the next week, I'm like, well, I did it last week. Then maybe I could do it again. Oh, I'm good. But then I'm doing that two or three times a week. Next thing you know, I'm down to one meeting or no meetings a week. And oops, there I go. I relapse. Well, that goes back into the first segment we talked about today. Yeah working it versus working it right mm -hmm. so yeah well i i mean my job's part of it so i'm working recovery every day mm -hmm. and this is that's definitely a slippery slope <laughs> yeah, goes lying I, down and and they also say too is expectations are resentments in waiting or it's just a future resentment premeditated Premed yeah. yeah 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 that's a but it's true yeah i mean I could tell you, let me go back to this. I could tell you that we said it. Um, we talk about unspoken expectations versus spoken expectations, right? Because we, we all have unspoken expectations of people, mm. how you're going to act. I mean, I ran into that at church today. Um, how you're going to act, how you're going to speak, how you're going to do certain things. And, and so you have expectations of your family that you just plan have them plan on living up to. But when they're unspoken, how does somebody really live up to your expectation? Mm -hmm. And so unspoken expectations are a little worse than just expectations. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, it goes back to yeah, proper communication, like healthy communication with a spouse, with a, with a friend. It's, you know, Shane and I have had this before, too. You know, I think it's in any close, intimate relationship where if you have a, a breakdown in communication, it's, there's an expectation set. And if that expectation is met, then that, well, I'm agitated. Well, why am I, why am I agitated? Why am I angry? And it's like, I can't just expect my wife to know what's going through my head. Even though she expects. She should. <laughs> she should, but she doesn't. Yeah, she should. She's smart enough. She is. She's smarter than me. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. my wife's smarter than I am, and she don't know what I'm thinking half the time. <laughs> 
But the problem is, is you don't know what you're thinking half the time. <laughs> New story. <laughs> nah, D, I love you, brother. But the, like the expectation parts, I mean, me and my wife have been able to work things out that, you know, we're expected to be a certain, you know, do certain things around the house. We're ex- we expect one another to be a certain way. And that, but it was after sitting down and working through them, and like you said, spoken expectations that the unspoken part actually just comes a little more natural because we already know it's already been said. It's just not said at the moment, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, it's mm. it's easy to get away from expectations. It's easy to get away from the things that you've agreed upon. Right, so like if, if me and Christina have a serious talk, everything goes in a notebook. I know it's probably surprising, we write it. We write the issues we have and we write the solutions to any problems. So here's the expectations now that we're gonna live by these things because we've agreed to it and we've written them down. Um, but there's, it's so easy to get away from it all. It's easy to get away from meetings at times because I have something coming up. It's easy to get away from the solutions we came to because the notebook's closed now. And I went back to just doing whatever I wanted but I have the expectations you're not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. But the reality is I'm gonna fail at it. Probably before you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm gonna hold you to this expectation, but what am I doing to myself? So yeah, it makes it, makes it a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, don't make exp- expectations, make plans. So don't make expectations, make plans. Yes. Oh. Nice, nice. Unrealistic expectations lead to uh, trauma, traumatic situations. What? I, I, I don't know where it came just, from. I just lost it. <laughs> I just had it, and it was talking about. I think because it needed to erase itself. <laughs> it may have. <laughs> I was like, how does that lead to trauma? I, I guess it could. Yeah. But unrealistic expectations, you know, it leads to bad situations. Because you're not, full, you know, they're unrealistic. You get to that point. Oh, I expect this to happen, but it, you know, like I expect to make it to the top of Mount Everest. Did so, you? No. Oh. And I ain't going to. But oh. I'm not going to let it. You know, I, I couldn't even manage. make it down. <laughs> see, see. Do what? I couldn't even make it down oh. from Mount Everest, yeah. let alone make it up. So being able to manage my expectations to make it more real, I could think about doing it, but I don't have to actually go and do it. Hmm. Yeah. Let's. Because uh... that unrealisticness will make could cause. Relapse. Now I can see that. Mental I can definitely see that because, well, that ties into what Jeremy said, though. Yeah. So w- with what you had, you said don't have expectations, have plans. Yeah, don't make expectations, make plans. And so if you make plans, then you won't run into the, to the relapse, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So what kind of plans? Realistical plans. <laughs> Realistical? Realistic. Realistical. It's a word. It's it, realistical. Look it up. <laughs> Later. Real, realistic. <laughs> Realistically. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, please, please, please. It's realistical and mystical. <laughs> Something. I'm going to start rapping. <laughs> so plans or goals? What were you thinking? Yeah, well, I, I think, it, and I know we've hit on this a few times, but people, they, you know, their goal is to, well, I want to stay sober for six months. Uh, my goal is to get to my six-month birthday, or my plan is to do that. That's not your plan. That's a goal, but what is your plan to get there? Like, you have to have a plan. So I have to say, okay, well, I'm going to do three meetings, 90 meetings in 90 days. If I want to do three months of sobriety, I have to do 90 meetings in 90 days, and then hold yourself accountable to that. 
make the plan, but really it's you're setting goals for your greater goal. Correct. So, yeah, you have to break the, the goals down. It, it is a plan. I plan to do this, but here's how I'm going to execute it. Yeah. By putting goals in place. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do not like setting goals. No. And I'm, I'm guilty of it. Me too. Um, I know I could help other people do it, but then I do, I suck at it for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I could help other people do this and I suck at it for myself. So setting goals though has been a lot of fun. I've been getting back to it and, and writing them out a lot more lately. Um, here's what needs to be done and here's how I'm going to get there. But yeah, if, if you've never, I would look up lead and lag goals too, cause it's, it's along the same lines to where you have the greater goal than what it's going to take to get to that greater goal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, smart goals get you there as well. If you just want to set your big goal, then a lot of smart goals to get all the same, but no matter what you got to have, mm-hmm. you got to have something to celebrate along the way too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a piece that we leave, leave out because we have this big, huge goal and we don't know how to get there. And if we would just set those little goals and we celebrate them along the way to keep us moving forward on that journey, it's kind of like sobriety. If I can make it to 30 days, but I mean, I, at the beginning, we got to make it through today. Mm-hmm. And then it's, all right, man, I'm going to get through tomorrow. The next thing you know, we start working those goals. Cause I, my plan was I'm going to wake up and I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to eat. I'm going to do these things. And my day was planned out. There you go. There's your plan, right? My day was already planned out. And it helped me achieve my goal at the end of the day. I stayed sober today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say each day is pretty well planned out. I know I'm going to get up and go to the gym in the morning. I'm going to get up, come home, feed the dogs, shower, get to work, fulfill my day there, come home, spend time with the wife. Simple plan. Easy enough for me. Mm. You know, Each day I do it that way. Each day it works out. I'm, it's another day I'm sober. Well, it's like today. Um, I had expectations of how this morning was supposed to go <laughs> because there was a plan in place like this is what we're going to do 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 and okay cool and then at 8 a.m that all came crashing down <laughs> because it was oh no i gotta do this like my 15 year old's like i'm supposed to be doing this right now i'm like i didn't know you're supposed to be doing that right now and then there was logistical issues and kids everywhere and it was just absolutely nothing how I had expected my morning to go. And so I found myself at, before I even got into church, I am agitated, I'm irritable, and I'm discontent, 100%. And then this story today, there, 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 this, the message was on uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, huh, am I being more like Nebuchadnezzar or am I being more like... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So, well, that's usually an easy answer. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't, I don't like that. But it's usually an easier answer. I don't either. So, but um, yeah, I think, and I think we're talking about all this. But I, I said at the beginning, you know, growth kind of encompasses all of this in mm-hmm. recovery. Because if we're if we're not if we're not growing, we're dying. And if I'm not, you know, you said something about you have to keep moving. And I think it's if if we don't keep moving. We're going to become sedentary and when we become sedentary and in recovery, we're setting ourselves up for disaster. And it's not even in recovery. I'm talking about in our faith too. Yes. Our faith walk. It's easy to get sedentary. It's easy just to check a box and go to church on Sunday, not get involved in small groups, not, you know, not volunteering, not doing service work, (laughs) not volunteering, not doing service work, huh? Yeah. 
I was just thinking of the scripture, and I, I wanted to find the address for it real quick, though. Talking about being lukewarm. Oh, yeah. it's in Luke. Lukewarm and Luke. <laughs> yeah, I, I got Luke it. Or Matthew, I know that. I can't think of it right now. Second uh, Peter three eighteen says, uh, "But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, but now and forever." Amen. Mm. Growth, like you say, grow spiritually. You say grow spiritually. I uh, sorry, I didn't switch over to you. Yeah, so that's all right. Mm. Nobody missing nothing. Right. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think expectation, going back to that, expectation versus reality is reality is, is we're going to struggle. Yes. Uh, life is going to be full of struggles. It's not going to be easy. Your recovery is not going to be easy. Your faith walk isn't going to be easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it's, there's nowhere in the Bible where it says, hey, just do this. If you believe in me, everything's going to be great. Right. No. Yeah, we I, talked about that last week, yeah. how, how Jesus said quite the opposite yeah. so revelations hold on revelation three fifteen and 16 says jesus uses uh the water supply as a spiritual metaphor he says i know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot i wish that you were cold or hot so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold i will vomit you out of my mouth and it, even and, even jesus comes out and says you know uh yo um take Yoke, um, take up my yoke for the burden is light. Never did he say it was easy to get through. He just said it was easier with him. Mm-hmm. Never said it was easy. It was just easier. You still have to do the work. It's not just going to like happen. Doesn't happen. Yeah, that's a it's a pretty brutal way to look at it. Either vomit you out of my mouth. One of them spit you out of my mouth. But it, is it not easy to become lukewarm? Is it not easy to quit doing the things? I mean, if you're hot or you're cold, I mean, you're either totally against, and so then you know where you stand, or you're just on fire for, you know, um, or you're on fire for, you're cold out. We get caught up in that uh, that comfort zone that we get in of ourselves. That's where we start growing lukewarm because, you know, we're not doing nothing to keep hot for whatever it is that we're headed towards. Mm -hmm. What do you got there, uh, Jay? Uh, Second Peter um, chapter one verse five. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self control, and to self control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, he didn't switch on you that whole time either. <laughs> uh, no, it's. I, I think you can sum that up into uh, that one. What's that one saying? Uh, do the next right thing. Oh boy! See why I didn't switch. <laughs> That's why I didn't switch. Easy does it. Easy does it. I could have swore I said let's do the next wrong thing. We beat him last week. <laughs> Blanket party. Uh, Easy does it. See, that's one that you don't hear much anymore. No, you don't. And every time I hear it, though, I think of Easy E. Yeah, the song Easy Does It. I just think should have known by now how Easy Does It. I just think it's like show yourself some grace. Yeah, I I can't because I like growing up listening to the music I listen to. When I hear Easy Does It, that's the first thing. I mean, I even when I taught a celebrate recovery and that would come up, I I used I use that reference. I mean, it's it's just easy to do, but we do need to take it slow. But we need to keep moving forward because. 
Yeah. We don't we don't get stuck. We don't get stagnant. We're either moving forward or we're moving backward. One of the two is happening at all time. Mm-hmm. Philippians uh, three fourteen says, "Growth never stops." I press on forward the goal to win the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. Philippians three fourteen. Mm. That was the ESV version. So. That was the ESV. <laughs> so. What were your expectations like, now that we've already talked about this a little bit though, but getting out of, reco- or getting out of treatment and beginning your recovery, what were your, your true expectations? What did you expect? I, the first time I went to treatment, I expected kind of like what Derek said, I'm gonna stay sober forever. I'm never going to drink it. I said never. And then I remember people telling me, never say never. Well, I'm going to be that 0.1% that actually gets it. Uh, And I didn't. But my expectations when I got out of treatment the last time and this time is I honestly didn't have, I didn't have any expectations on what to expect because I knew that it was, let me take that back. I knew that it was going to be a, a, a tough road to hoe. Like it was going, it, it was rebuilding relationships, rebuilding trust, rebuilding love. It, my new, like building on my relationship with Christ, all that stuff. I knew that if I did, I guess my only expectation was if I did that, I knew good things were going to happen. Mm. And it doesn't mean it never said it was going to be easy. And it hasn't been without its, it definitely its growing pains. And it struggles, but it's like you said, it's just easier knowing that I'm in that fire and I know that Jesus is with me. So no matter what fire that I'm going through, no matter what struggle I'm going through, it doesn't matter because Jesus is with me. Amen. Amen. But what about, what about our listeners right now? Cause I mean, we're going to have people that aren't believers yet, hopefully. Um, I mean, that's the goal of it, right? Is is to understand, I mean, something greater than you has to be there with you, with what you're doing. It, it, you cannot go down this road. Really, in the end, to me, you can't go down this road, with, road without Jesus, but you have to start somewhere. And I don't care what it is, if it's the group, it's, if it's whatever it needs to be for you, just get a higher power for now. Let that grow, let that manifest, and, and let the, it's our job to love, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit needs to do. But if you're there, just something greater than you mm-hmm. believe in it. Because if it's all about you, now we'll, we'll, see we'll see you, you back. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you back shortly. Um, but we don't want that for you. We, we want you to experience life change. We want you to experience healing and freedom and restored, uh, being restored. We want that for everybody. If you want it for you, you have to have something greater than you. Yes. So hopefully they'll, they'll look for that. And like I said, it, it could be the group at the moment. It could be nature. It could be whatever you need it to be. Just know that there's, there has to be a power greater than you out here in this world. Mm-hmm. I mean, to make us, to make creation, to make all, come on now. Yeah. There's got to be something greater than you. Somebody had to come up with the idea. <laughs> right? I, I'd say yeah. I just I just laugh because you know people that whole you know nothing becoming something, it's just 
I've, I've never seen it any other time besides what they try to say happened. So mm-hmm. I'm just, you know. I, I confirmed this the other day. You know what your chances of being born are? Uh, Give me three, a guess. Three trillion to one? I, I couldn't even. <laughs> it's one in 400 trillion. Oh, okay. The chances of all three of us being born were one in 400 trillion. So. We're here for a reason. So wait a minute. We're better than one in a million. There is a chance. <laughs> I could do the drop mic. Uh, uh, mic drop. Yeah, just please don't drop that one because we already uh, broke I one know. when we knocked I it off. Know. Let's not do that again. Hey, but those pens from that particular place now, you just heard that one drop over there. That's almost the sound of a mic drop. That's how good those pens are, man. <laughs> yeah, how's you got it? All you got to do is drop, man, I'm, I'm delayed over here. All you got to do is drop the pen and everything is this good. Is this is true. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. How, how would somebody come up with that stat? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you get, there's a lot of things that have to, I mean, we know it has to happen to make a baby, but it's like <laughs> <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of action that has to go on in between there, you know, after that, you know, so. Right. It's just, um. Like it says in the Bible, Jesus knew, or God knew who we were while we were before we even in our mother's tomb. Our, you know? Mother's tomb, mother's womb. Oh. I'm sorry. Whoops. He did say mother's tomb. Don't worry. <laughs> too. I, I, I'll uh, I'll highlight that if we need to. <laughs> before you were here, man, oh, we've yeah. been out here for like what three hours. Before I knitted you in your mother's tomb. Before I knew you in your mother's tomb. On that note, <laughs> yeah. look, it, and we do. It, I mean, it was fun today yeah. when we finally got to talk, when we finally got to sit down. Um, nothing went the way that we wanted it to go, but Switch. obviously we got to talk about Jesus. We got to talk about God, and, and hopefully people will find that higher power. Um, this is, and something we didn't mention at the beginning because we got sidetracked, this is Suicide Awareness Month. Yes. Um, I'm rocking colors for it, and I know you have a Be Kind shirt. Look, if you're struggling with any kind of mental health, but suicidal ideation, please reach out. 988 is, and I'm going to try to do an overlay just for the whole month at least. Okay. 988 at the bottom of the screen. Um, reach out. Just camera to yourself while you talk about it. Why? <laughs> Why not? He's going to mess with it later. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I, everything can get done in post, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> look, there's people out here that want you, to, want you to be alive. Your family wants you to be alive. We want you to be alive, and we don't yes. even know you. Um, and another thing that 988, just in case you're the kind of person doesn't want to talk to somebody, text send them. a text. Yep. Yeah, send them a text. You could even do a chat online. Really? You could do an online chat. Nice. Yeah, you could, you could pretty much do just about anything these days, but we want you to be alive until you want to be alive. And so if you need someone to talk to, I mean, you could reach out. You could email us at info at awakensober.org. And one of us will call you if you want. I mean, we'll, I'll, look, I don't know where you might be, but if we'll come and take you out. If you're local here in Missouri, I'll come hey, and take you out to, to lunch, say, to we, dinner. We might take them out even if they ain't local because we like some road trips every now and then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we want you to be alive until you want to be alive. And it's not only now, it's, it's every day that we want this to happen. So yes. if you are in that dark spot where, where you just can't see hope, there is hope. Even if you can't see it right now, and let us be that hope for you until you want it. Yeah, I think that goes back to the whole growth thing we've been speaking about. There's hope. 
as long as you have hope, you can grow. And when you grow, those thoughts start drifting away from you. Yeah, and I, I, that's everything we're saying is great. But I promise that whatever you're going through, you can get through. You got to grow through what you go through. Going back to growth. There you go. That sounds like a Tilva Holler shirt already. Right? They have it out. That's why. Yeah, they should have sent that quote to my wife. Oh, well, I will tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, Tilva Holler has some good shirts, right? They do. Um, so since we brought them up. <laughs> yeah. If you, do, if you need a nice shirt, they do have good shirts, and they have great messages on them. And that hopefully they hear us talk, and they might want to come talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like the one I have on. Stay tomorrow needs you. And it does. Your family needs you. This place is not better off without you. Um, I, I brought a bunch of suicide uh, awareness stuff from the church side, and maybe we'll cover some of that next week because, you know, in the church, most churches are afraid to talk about it. No. And so I brought a whole bunch of suicide awareness from um, a, a, a training that we did a few years ago. Um, it was really good. So. I just want to make sure that people have 988. I mean, that makes it easier than ever. 988, we couldn't ask for a better resource for somebody. Um, but we also have other resources if you need to get in treatment. Is there a, is there a place you can find uh, counseling? Oh, there's all kinds of places to find counseling. You could what go to reclaiminghope-mo.org. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. Reclaiminghope-mo.org, and you could get signed up, and we will give you a call. We'll schedule you an appointment um, get you an assessment done and, and get you handled that way. We have other therapists, psychiatrists, you name it. We will give you referrals to, to many different places because it's important to get in to see a psychiatrist yes. to get on the right meds. And trust me, a lot of these referrals that we're giving you are ones we used ourselves. That's why we're passing them on. Yeah, I'm not going to refer somebody out to, to a provider that I wouldn't send my mom or my wife to, right. period. Exactly. If my mom or my wife, if I can't send them, I can't send anybody there. <laughs> True. So, any closing? Get out of your comfort zone. If you ain't growing, you dying. D. Hey, on the same thing, keep growing, you guys. There's, um, there's only hope in, for, in the future. That's what Jesus says, in, or the Bible says, Jeremiah 29, 11. God knows his plans for you, plans of hope in the future. Stay grow. Yeah. And um, I'm going to tell you, if you need help, reach out. Info at awakensober.org. Reach out to 988. We want to talk to you. We want to walk a journey with you um, with that. God bless you guys. Don't forget, like, share, subscribe, do all those things. Yes, we're on every podcast platform and YouTube. Hit us up. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Yep. Love Peace you guys. Out, guys. God bless. Have a good week. All right.